0: Welcome to the Cat City Outfitters Podcast, this is episode 32. You've got Chris and Brian, Uh, we're back to more regularly, or more regular programming uh, this week. Uh, Today we're going to discuss how and where um, we carry pistols and kind of what we use to evaluate how
1: we got there. Absolutely. Um, You know, so as we talk about where you carry the gun at, you know, everybody has body type issues you are the shape you are whether it's brian tall and lean um with a waist smaller than his shoulders or whether it's me which is quite the opposite Um, you know where you carry the gun you know there's there's a lot of this is the right way this is the only way this is the best way this is the way Um, we are definitely more of a way people um, and and the ways that we aren't big fans of we can articulate for you why and we're going to do a little bit of that today too and let you know uh, some of the reasons we like the way we do it, and some of the reasons we might not like the way you do it, if it's a certain way. So, um, just understand that you know it's not just oh that's just dumb. Um, there's there's actually some logic, reason, physics, physiology, uh, etc. Behind it. So, um, let's just jump into what we do and why. Yeah. We'll start off with that.
0: Yeah, I'm just gonna kind of interject real quick to yep. you know when we talk about you know the some of the how is quality gun, quality holster. Yep. Um, to steal that directly from Mike Panone at CTT Solutions, um, you know, it, with a, a quality gun and a quality holster, it doesn't matter if you got a Glock, Smith, HK, CZ, Sig. Yep. Um, that is really the foundation. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> making sure you get something that's going to work every time you need it to. Yeah. Um, after you know you've put five or six thousand rounds down through it in training uh, is vitally important.
1: Yes. So. With that in mind, um, Brian and I both generally carry appendix. Um, appendix is, is, a, is basically if you're right-handed um, appendix, strong side carry is going to put you somewhere between the belt buckle or center line, uh, moving around to maybe as far as the two o'clock depending on the size of the gun um, and your comfort level and how and your again your body shape. Um, you know if you're running a bigger gun probably the closer to center you're gonna need to be to make that gun comfortable if you're running a smaller gun um, the closer you can get away with moving around to two o'clock ish simply because of the crease uh, where your thigh uh, meets your torso uh, if you try and you try and be mobile sit down squat move around do different things if you have a larger gun and you're going outside of that center line the further you go from noon to two o'clock Um, the the less comfortable it's gonna get because that gun, especially if you're carrying a full-size gun or if you're carrying a gun with a light on it or something along those lines, the further, the closer to two o'clock you get, the more likely you are that that gun's gonna be poking you in that crease and not be comfortable. Um, Additionally, if you are generally oval in shape rather than round, um, the further you go out to the side, even with a small gun, the more likely it is to print so going towards center line is going to give you probably the best concealment as well. Um, so that kind of defining what we consider appendix carry. Um, it, it, that's the location for appendix carry. And then from there, something that you'll find with appendix carry may often may also be depth. Um, how deep the holster goes, how deep the gun goes in appendix carry some guys tend to carry a little deeper appendix than they do strong side simply because of the designs of holsters and where things like clips tend to attach on the holster Um, so you know and again body type wise uh if you if anybody who knows me knows that i am not a hard body um i'm not dragging around i don't have a six pack uh i got more like a pony keg um so you know if anybody knows me and makes a comment that oh well you know i've got a little bit of a belly so i can't carry appendix May actually be to your advantage carrying appendix from a perspective of concealing the gun. Um, the disadvantage comes in reholstering because you need to be extremely cautious when you reholster, and your pudding cup may get in the way a little bit there. So, um, and yeah, you can use that pudding cup. It's a thing. So. Um, so why appendix uh you know let's start off with why not appendix let's start off with the oh my god you'll shoot your wee wee off oh my god um yes you are pointing your gun at stuff you may want to use later in the day later in the week later in life i don't know i don't know what your situation is Um, you are definitely pointing your gun at your tenders at your sensitive areas Um, so with that in mind be careful um, also, with that in mind, if it makes you more comfortable to choose a weapon system, maybe that is a little more amenable to touching the trigger without making the gun go bang. Um, I don't agree with that mindset, but that's fine. Double action, single action guns, guns with long, heavy first trigger pulls. Uh, maybe that you can
0: ride the hammer on. Or as the, exactly,
1: them. Uh, you know, might might make you a little more comfortable going appendix. That's cool. Do your thing. Um, nothing wrong with carrying a good DASA gun in that condition, whether it'd be like a SIG 228, 229, even a 226. Um, you know, we, we have one of our, uh, local LE guys in here the other day, uh, carrying a, a, a SIG Sauer device, um, you know, double action, single action, full-size gun, um, carrying an appendix right up front, a t-shirt over it, and this dude's, he's physically in very good shape, and you'd never know in a million years, so, you know, you can get away with it. Um, the, the why of appendix. A couple things. It conceals well. It's fast. Not dramatically faster than strong sight. It's a couple tenths but it's fast. It's faster. And I think if you run the gun in both positions and, and run some metrics, get a get a timer out, you'll find that it is faster. Um, there's just less physical distance you need to move the gun exactly. to move your arms. Exactly. The line from the gun to the target to downrange is generally just a little bit shorter and that's really hard to argue anything other than it's a fact. Um, So concealability, uh, speed or efficiency to the target, Um, and then lastly, and and maybe most importantly to me, is is the ability to to defend the gun. Um, You know, I've got a right shoulder that's a little bit janky. It doesn't stop me from getting to the gun strong side to draw it, but I don't know that I would be quite as competent protecting the gun strong side and then beyond that actually pinning it in and wrestling with somebody's strong side versus if somebody's in front of me i've got two hands to deal with them and the gun uh, and i like having that option so a uh, combination of speed ability to defend it and then and then probably you know lastly i can conceal its strong side too but i just like how it conceals in front um, i ran into a situation with young kids um you're out at the soccer field you're changing a diaper you're kneeling down on one knee and you are printing like gutenberg if you're carrying strong side or smaller back because your t-shirt's tucked over it and you and i'm sorry i'm i'm again not a spelt guy i can't do the stripper squat with my back straight um in flat shoes much less high heels so um if you you know if you got to bend over to get to a knee or whatever then you're going to print and i didn't like that and i got called out on it and i thought huh i wonder what other ways i can do this and then kind of came to the conclusion that um, you know, 150,000 thugs can't possibly be wrong. So, yeah,
0: uh, appendix also works really well when you're seated seated down, say in a vehicle or in a chair, because um, you can get to the gun um, without having to, to rotate your body or fight your body off of whatever you're sitting on. Um, so if you spend
1: a lot of time in a vehicle, you know, definitely something to keep in mind. And you can prep you can prep the lap belt. Um, if you sit on the vehicle, you can, you know, your your seatbelt is gonna go right across the gun, but you can pull your shirt out and gosh, the gun is super accessible if you untuck your shirt and put it over the gun. Um, if you're strong side in the passenger seat of a vehicle, your gun is basically gonna, may, might be clear of the seatbelt, but probably not where, seat, where most seatbelts latch. If you're the driver of the vehicle, um, same conversation, you know, it's, it's it's coming over you and clamping down someplace where you're going to have to do a little more work to get the seatbelt off and get to the gun. So or
0: get again. your get your set, and that, that's where you know we kind of we look at other means aside from you know strong side and appendix, yeah, as having some significant issues and actually getting to the gun.
1: You know, mm-hmm. unless you're standing up and down, you know, yeah. on the range. So let's so let's talk about you know one of the ones that that we see and hear probably a little more often than we should. Um, true, smaller back going near the spine on either side, um, right-handed, left-handed, strong side, weak side, doesn't matter, getting somewhere near that spine in the back centered up with the gun. Um, If you're just standing up and that's all you're doing, then that might actually work for you from a comfort perspective, but your draw stroke is a big, obvious movement. It's super easy to trap. Um, You know, if somebody else would happen to us, I'm sorry, most of us can't see what's going on behind us very easily. So let's say you did bend over to pick something up and you didn't realize that that lightweight super cool grunt style t-shirt you got on that's super size medium is tucked up over your gun and every bad guy behind you knows now that you have a gun on, um, it's really easy to just walk up and take it. Hey, thanks for the gun, appreciate it, um, you know, kind of mentality. So uh, a combination of those things and generally a lack of good holsters to carry um, smaller back just doesn't necessarily make it a good option. Um, The the one nod I will throw out there, um, I know some professionals for years who carried not what I would call smaller back, but in the waistband behind the back but the opposite direction, and I'm gonna see if I can figure out how to explain this, but rather than the butt of the gun, the muzzle of the gun, barrel of the gun being in your pants and the butt being toward the back, um, carrying a little further back around, around the five o'clock area or 4.30 area, but with the butt of the gun forward, um, makes for a really interesting position for the gun to be able to put your hand on your hip, have your hand on your gun in a very non-threatening position, but still be able to draw the gun. Um, Again, comes down, though, to a very specific usage. Most of the guys that were carrying guns like this were um, guys working undercover, plainclothes, as law enforcement, carrying big guns because that's what they were mandated um, and wanted a way to be able to hide the gun but have quick access to it. And none of these guys were worried about the gun printing because there was a badge right next to it for all of them. So that would be the one way I would say, hey, this might be an option for you, depending on your situation. Still sucks when you get in a car. Or you fall down. Or you fall down. So yeah, either one of those things, and finding a holster to do that with is almost impossible. So we'll throw those two out as kind of kind of oddballs. Um, but smaller back just doesn't it just doesn't work for most people in most situations. Now heaven forbid you sit down in a car, you're not getting to your gun. Have a nice day.
0: Yeah, or if you end up you know on your butt you know in a fight or something, you know you can now get you now need to not only fight off the bad guy on top of you, but you need to somehow get up and over and off of your gun.
1: Yeah, yep,
0: yep. You know, let alone the fact that you just fell on top of your gun.
1: Exactly. So when you come in here and you have your guns shoved in your waistband and your smaller back and we give you grief about it, um, if we haven't given you grief about it yet, expect it. If you'd like to get grief about it, bring it up, we will give it to you. Um, but that's why, this, you know, it's just not a real good option. Uh, when you come in and you give us crap and say, we'll shoot our Weeby off carrying appendix, we'll explain to you why that works too and why it's actually a fairly rare occurrence. Um, you know don't be plaxico burris and shove your inside your waistband shove your gun inside your waistband of your sweatpants with no holster and let it fall down on the club and then when you reach down to get it shoot yourself in the leg okay cool
0: Yeah. Uh, when we talk about you know carrying strong side we're talking running the gun somewhere between 3 and 4 o'clock yep you know inside the waistband or outside the waistband you know, in a quality holster yep um, with a good belt is you know very much a, a viable option. Um, I carry that way for a long time. Chris carried that way for a long time. Yep.
1: Um, and outside the waistband still carry that that way. So, you know, absolutely yeah. still an option. Um it, it, here's, you know, maybe something that comes into play if if you are a professional at arms, you're law enforcement and you spend, you know, 40 plus hours a week with your gun strong side um in a certain position and and concealing the gun off duty or undercover or whatever works for you, strong side because of your body type, it's comfortable and you don't mind it. Stick with strong side. Um, there's nothing wrong with going to the same place for the gun, no matter what. There's a lot to be said for that consistency. Where's the gun at on your body? And gosh, if if as a professional you may need to get to it quickly, be consistent about where you place it. Um, you know Hick's law. You know the more options you have, the slower that process gets in breaking down which one you're going to choose. So. You know, I I get the consistency aspect of that if it's comfortable for you, if you can seal the gun well. If you're young and in good shape, um, you don't bend over a lot, you're not taking a knee a lot in public. Um, It it works just fine. Professionals have done it for quite some time. It is a great way to carry the gun. It's a good way to defend the gun if you've got a little bit of training. I will say as a civilian, if you carry outside the waistband, strong side, or or, heaven forbid, open carry, Please, dear God in heaven, go go take a weapon retention class from somebody who teaches police officers to keep a hold of their gun in a fight, um, because they'll teach you that the tactics, techniques, and procedures that you need to know to maintain that weapon should somebody figure out that you have it and try and take it from you. Um, so, But yeah, definitely a viable option, a more than viable option, a really good option. One of you know two, in my opinion. Um, Cross draw. Oh, goodness. Yeah, cross-draw. Um, those of you who think that Doc Holliday was the coolest guy in the world, hit the like button now. Uh, no. Um, those of you who think that Doc Holliday was the coolest guy to ever live, Doc Holliday carried cross-draw. Doc Holliday got in a lot of fights in bars at bad breath distance, and it was a very surreptitious way to draw the gun. Um, and it was also usually in a situation where he wasn't supposed to have a gun on him at all. Um and and so it worked for Doc Holliday. You're not Val Kilmer in Tombstone. Um, in general, carrying the gun cross draw, there are absolutely applications for it. Um, you're a federal air marshal, um, and that's the way you need to carry the gun for some reason because you're seated on a plane with chubby people on either side of you. Okay, cool. Um, or I don't you know. carry appendix? Yeah, I know. And and there's that too. So, um, but cross draw. The 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 issue with cross draw a lot of time is that you actually. Reaching across your body that far to the gun is a little bit difficult to do with strength. Meaning, um, you're basically, imagine hitting a forehand tennis ball hit versus a backhand tennis ball hit. Most people can smash a forehand hit, but the, but the backhand hit is, is definitely more of a finesse movement. Um, trying to draw the gun as a pull across your body is not a strong body movement for most folks. Um, You're operating outside of planes that your muscles want to move normally in a strength mode. So, if you're reaching across to grab that gun like that, uh, there are a lot of people who will just pin it in the holster and keep you off the gun if you need it. And maybe in the same time they're shooting you, stabbing you, or beating you. Um, And, in general, it doesn't conceal very well in most situations. Again, I'm not saying there's not an application for it somewhere that maybe I'm not aware of. Um, You know, maybe there's somebody out there who has a certain job, a certain avocation, where you're in a certain position where cross draw is the bee's knees. That's awesome, do it up, do it up. Um, One example I can think of might be horseback. Maybe going horseback with a large gun that would be bear or cat compatible. Um, That might might not be a bad way to carry the gun, but at that point, again, are you trying to conceal it? And if it's in the open, then you might look at a chest harness or something like that as well. Um, So, so cross draw in general, probably not something I would recommend, but, but not something that's completely untenable. So your mileage may vary.
0: Yeah. How about pocket carry?
1: Um, I I, I hate pocket carry. I absolutely hate pocket carry. It is so damn slow. Um, The vast majority of folks nowadays wear clothing that fits to such an extent um, that, that, pocket carry especially in blue jeans or casual clothes where the pockets open as a horizontal slit at the top of the pocket if you put your hand in that pocket and simply make a fist and try and draw it out quickly irregardless of a gun being in the conversation generally your hands don't want to come out of your pockets quickly now try and grab a gun in a condition that you can actually get a firing grip on the gun making a fist basically and try and draw it out quickly is an extremely difficult thing to do. Um, When you're standing up. When you're standing up. Sitting on a vehicle, it's impossible. Sit on a chair, it's impossible. Um, Having said that, again, if you want to carry a pocket gun, you have a little gun, and you're you're in a non-permissive environment, you're in a situation where that's the biggest you can get away with and conceal because of maybe your dress requirements at work or something along those lines, it's, it's, I'll, I'll draw the analogy to ankle carry and when we talk about ankle carry. It is a way to have a gun on you all the time and if it's the way that happens to work best for you, then rock out with your bad self, but understand that it has a boatload of limitations. Um, and if you wanna learn what they are, go to a shooting range and take a chair with you and simply sit down, try and draw your gun and engage a target. Good luck. Um, if you're in dress slacks, Dress slacks tend to have vertically vertical slits that open as pockets. Then you may have a little better access to the gun. But if the pockets the pockets then have to be very deep so that the gun is not the butt of the gun's not poking out the opening to the pocket. And if it's that deep, then it likely looks like a gun in your pocket. Um, especially if you have a wallet in another pocket and your cell phone's out where everybody can see it. Then it's like, wow, what's that third great big thing in your pocket? Again. Most of the world walks around like cattle, um, and they're not going to notice it, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, We have one of our associates here um, who carries a a single stack 9mm gun, probably something shield sized, I'm not exactly sure what the gun is, maybe a 43, um, in a Kydex uh, pocket holster, um, in like cargo shorts and stuff like that. Works incredibly well. Uh, We stand up almost all day long, we never sit down. It's a very, very good option in that exact situation. Um, so there are places, again, where, you know, maybe it works for you in your world, just be aware of the limitations and, and go out and practice and train a little bit under those limitations so that when it happens, you're not kind of deer in the headlight and going, oh, crap, how do I get this thing out of my pocket? Um, it is funny to watch the first time. So maybe you should video yourself and uh, get a chuckle out of it. So, so yeah. anything to add to pocket?
0: Uh, find another way.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, if you can, absolutely if you can, find another way, um, you know, but if not, be aware that, you know, it has its limitations. Um, ankle carry. Um, ankle carry is a great way to carry a second gun. It's, it's, a, really- more than, it's a more than viable way to carry a second gun. Um, you know, most of the folks out there carrying on their ankle are law enforcement guys who, that's a backup gun. It's a backup, you know, to their primary. Um, if those guys find themselves needing that gun, it's a really bad day, um, and, and so that gives them the option to have a second gun, um, especially if their first, if their primary weapon, you know, happens to crash and burn and goes down. Um, you know, those of you carrying newer SIGs, I'd carry a backup gun. Um, those of you carrying old M I'd carry a backup gun. Um, you know, those of you who think XD's are great, I'd carry a second one. Um, you know, that or kind third. of into- or third, whatever. Um, you know, th- that so on the ankle, the problem with ankle carry. Um, two things, over the long haul, um, having a weight on one ankle and not on the other and walking around the world a lot will generally cause lower back issues, um, hip and knee issues, probably not ankle issues, but hip, knee and lower back issues generally tend to come out of that. Um, th- so, the, so the answer to that is to carry a counterbalance. Um, put a med kit with a spare mag on your other ankle and try and get that weight spread out a little bit. Um, So that that would be one of the long-term issues. The short-term issue, and probably the biggest issue with ankle carry, is generally that to draw the gun, you've got to stop moving. Um, A a cessation of motion in a gunfight is a wonderful thing if you're behind cover. It's a horrible thing if there is no cover. So if you're out in the open and you have to stop to draw your gun while someone's shooting at you, trying to stab you, beat you with a 4x4, whatever, um, that is one of the drawbacks. So again, we're back to if your work environment puts you in a position where you can't carry a gun, Maybe you can surreptitiously carry it on your ankle. Um, personal experience, word of the wise, if you're in a business meeting and you have a gun on your ankle and you're wearing dress slacks and dress shoes, um, don't take your left leg and put it up on your right knee, like to cross your leg while you're talking, because you're going to be exposed to everyone in the room. Some will find it amusing, some won't. Um, some will show you theirs, some will show you the door. Um, so be aware of that if it does come out. It's a great uh, conversation starter. Yeah, Just-
0: you probably want pants that are. An inch or two longer than you normally wear it when you're going to go with an ankle carry
1: gun. Exactly. And in dress slacks, from a fashion perspective, that's hard to do. Um, also, again, you young guys that are fit, um, that like to wear sights, suits sized modernly, um, the whole like Beatles super tight at the ankle thing is not going to work for you, so it's probably not going to be a good option. Um, if you're one of those dudes or, or gals who wears jeggings, um, not an option for you. Um, You know, so your wardrobe, again, is something you have to push into your wardrobe, um, which probably is a side note to apply to all these different means of carry. All of them likely require some manner of wardrobe modification, so. um, Shoulder holsters. Miami Vice was really
0: cool back in the 80s when he ran the first time.
1: Yeah, Don Johnson may be alive, uh, but Sonny Crockett's dead and gone, just let it go. Um, Shoulder holster might be fine in the winter time. um, If you don't need to take your jacket off, if you wear a suit coat all the time and you don't need to take your jacket off, um, rocking on a shoulder holster is interesting. If you're a pilot in a helicopter, rock on with your bad self and shoulder holster up. Um, You know, if you're flying an F-18 for the Marine Corps and you are a stud and someone hands you an M-17 to put in your shoulder holster, you rock it out because that is some cowboy stuff right there. Uh, In general, the rest of you, yeah. Again, there are some holsters for small guns as a shoulder holster that work well. Uh, there are some, some holsters that go way back in the day where you could carry a snubby basically in your armpit um, with a shoulder holster. But if you're wearing lightweight clothing, they print through the clothing. And, and and again, most of the cattle walking around don't know what it is, but maybe a bad guy or two might. If you're wearing a Jackass rig or a, um, a Galco, uh, one of the like, uh, I can't think of what they call it now. Um, But there's a couple really nice leather shoulder holster systems that are obscenely expensive. They print, they'll print through a lightweight sport coat, much less through a dress shirt or a t-shirt, and it's incredibly difficult to train with a shoulder holster without muzzling people around you. It almost dictates that you have to train by yourself somewhere with a 360 degree berm and practice not muzzling yourself and, and or anyone nearby you. Yeah. So it's difficult to train with.
0: If you're running a striker fired gun, that holster needs to be replaced on a fairly regular basis lest you know, the leather deform and allow the trigger
1: to be pulled while the gun is in the holster. There's that too. Um, and and that, the, the caveat around training too is understanding that it's really hard to draw from that holster and not muzzle everybody, um, also applies to cross draw. Um, can apply to smaller back depending on your holster and, and how you draw the gun so you know other things to consider with how you carry is how you train can you train where you normally train with some of those rigs a lot of instructors will just tell you flat out don't show up to a serious defensive firearms class cross draw shoulder or smaller back that it's not allowed Um, trying to think of other ways to carry without getting into off body which is a whole just different set of conversations Uh, mexican there you go absolutely Um, sticking the gun inside your waistband Again, I know some guys, professionals at arms, who, who will take a DASA gun, um, shove it in their waistband, and carry the gun around um, like everything's right with the world. Um, those same guys will often tell you they've had a come to Jesus experience or two um, with the gun <clears throat> moving around or maybe not being exactly where they wanted it to be or whatever. <coughs> Excuse me. In a lot of cases, though, um, the guys that professionally are carrying guns in that fashion. Um, are guys that need to look like their quarry or their prey. Uh, they're guys that are doing undercover work and um, they need to look not like law enforcement. Um, so that's how, th- you know, that is one of the excuses, one of the reasons to do that. Generally, as a cake eating civilian, you're not out hunting. You're not trying to blend in with your quarry necessarily. Um, so, in general, I'm going to say this likely doesn't apply to you. Um, if you're an undercover cop and that's a risk you've got to take, if you're a narcotics officer or a SWAT officer doing recon work and you need to blend in, you know maybe you don't want that gun in a holster because if somebody sees the holster, they know you're law enforcement. But if it's just jammed in your waistband, you're just another thug. Um, but yeah, even but then, for the rest of us, you know
0: we've got options such as the uh, the Raven concealment. Um, what's that little thing you called? The vanguard the vanguard vanguard super cool super cool holster um, runs right over the trigger guard yep Um, you can either tie it to something so that it comes off as you draw yeah or run it you know clip to the belt but it just covers over the trigger guard on the gun yeah Um, very low profile very minimalist um, when it comes to holster yep yeah it makes the gun very safe to carry
1: absolutely and that is definitely something you can consider um and a lot of people say oh well wait a minute if you're trying not to look like a police officer and you're worried about that holster look, um, the clip on the Vanguard can be taken off and you can put a lanyard on it and then lanyard it to um, a belt loop or your belt or something like that so that it pops off when you draw it. So so having that in mind. Um, still not a, a, a super option without the clip, but, but way better than nothing covering the trigger guard, especially with a striker fired gun. Um, I, I don't know anybody who consistently carries a Glock in the waistband with no holster. Um, I, I, You know, most of the guys I know, again, that are professionals carrying the gun in that fashion with no holster are carrying DASA guns, um, and I don't know if any of them would do that with a Glock. I don't think so, um, or, or any other striker-fired yeah. gun. Um, you know, having that first 11, 12, 14, 16-pound trigger pull that's 6 tenths or 3 quarters of an inch... Um, you know, is is a little bit different beast.
0: So or depending on the gun, there, there's actually a mechanical safety that you need to disengage.
1: There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So w- different ways and why. Um, you know, strong side and appendix are obviously gonna be our two first choices. Um, you know, if you really do need to deep conceal the gun, then you get into other options, you know, like 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 pocket, like ankles and stuff like that. And then there are a few options that maybe there's a niche out there somewhere that they work, but smaller back, cross draw, shoulder holsters. Are just really hard to justify at this stage of the game. So yeah,
0: and you know, depending on where you are carrying now, things to think about are: can I get to the gun? You know, obviously standing up. Yep. Can I get to it sitting down in a chair? Can I get to it sitting down while I'm driving my car? Yep. Um, If I'm on my back because I got knocked on my ass, can I get to the gun? Yep. Um, If I'm pushed up against a wall or, you know, a, a door, a bathroom stall, or whatever, can I get to the gun? Yep. Um, so, some things to keep in mind and to evaluate you know, as you move things around, change holsters, change guns, change uh, carry positions. Yes, indeed. So, very good. Yeah. Uh, Stopping in and see us, we are in Hilliard, Ohio, uh, 4465 Cemetery Road. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook as long as they let us stay there at <laughs> Cap City Outfitters. Uh, and we're on the web at capcityoutfitters.com. Uh, most importantly, you know, carry your gun every day, everywhere you are legally allowed to do so. Um, get professional training in how to use it if you haven't. Um, we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys.